Alright guys, welcome to episode 2, 3, 4, 5 of Video Vampires. I'm Mickey. Jessica. And today we have a special guest. We have the screenwriter of Dave Made a Maze, Steve Sears. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Steve, tell us about this movie, Dave Made a Maze, which I've already seen. It's great. I haven't seen it, just the trailer, but it looks awesome. It's really good. It's, it's awesome. Oh, um, thank you very much, guys. I really I, appreciate that. I feel like I'm a little biased because I feel like I see, I know you and I see a lot of you in the movie. Well, I also am here pretty often at your house watching <laughs> movies, so I mean. No, but I mean, like when I was reading this movie. we farted I, in front of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think you we're guys biased. Are close. Yeah, we're close. Yeah. Well, when I watch the movie, I see a lot of you, so I'm like, yeah. But I think even if I didn't know you, I'd still be like, this is a really great movie. And uh, it's getting a lot of buzz. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not made me get jealous or resentful or anything like that, you mm-hmm. know, ever. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I turn on, when I go on a website and they're like, Dave made a maze, a must-see movie. I think Cracked did an article, actually, about movies that need, you need really? to check out in 2017. Uh, Mickey, you're hurting my hand. <laughs> uh, I'm not even touching you. <laughs> but tell us about it, Steve. Uh, well, I'm, I, I developed the story, and I co-wrote it with the director, Bill Watterson, and uh, we we wrote it over the course of about three years, but while we were writing it, we'd already started trying to seek financing for it. Um, and so it was like three years of trying to get it made, and then once it started happening, it was like six weeks and everything started falling into place, and we like had to build sets overnight in the valley. for We had two weeks of pre-production, pretty much. And then we had 20 days to shoot in Glendale. And then... Now, two years later, we're now approaching releases after some festival stuff. You know, it's funny too because, like, in you know, I remember when you showed me the script, which I think was I want to say 2012. I think it was, right? Yeah, and um, I think it was 2012, and then I think I remember you saying, "Yeah, it's cute." <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, but uh, no, it, uh, I was like, it's 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 all right. You know, it's good. <laughs> It's that's what I, yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's what I have engraved on my tombstone. I, yeah, I pre-bought my tombstone. No, but I remember, like, I, I mean, including the writing process, or, like, how many drafts went through it, like, it felt like, it really did, it felt like the pre-production kind of went, well, and I'm, again, including writing drafts in pre-production, even though it's not technically pre-production, but then, all of a sudden, it was, we're shooting, and then it was done. It was, like, it was really, like, it just happened, and then you guys were done, and then you guys did pickups. And then next thing you know, you guys, you were showing me a cut, like, uh... You were on set for, yeah. uh, for post-production. Right? I don't want to see a spoiler, no spoilers or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, uh, there, there's a scene where there's, like, a Rube Goldberg device that's probably the best scene in the movie, and you're gonna be particularly stunned by how well it operates. That this is true. <laughs> just, just know that the guy behind the, the, the cardboard scene... Was, who was operating it is uh, the best there is in the business. Is that you? Well, I mean, it's the equivalent. I mean, this is me really tooting my own horn, but this was the equivalent of us getting to work the animatronics for, like, the creature and the thing. Like, this was yeah. Mickey, like, running a crank and me, like, doing, like, yeah. tiny little practical puppetry work on the pickups, and you were there for that. Yeah, so, like, great. in a lot of ways, it was like, holy shit, this is happening. Yeah. And we're eating pizza and drinking Cokes and stuff like that. Yeah, it wasn't pizza, it but was it sandwiches. Looks- I think that's why it looks so 
um, inviting is because it's reminiscent of that type of thing that's lost now. Yeah, I mean, like somebody, you know, somebody. I, the the comparison I keep hearing when I like when I see reviews from other people, and I, I'm 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 hoping these aren't people that you or Bill know. And they're just, <laughs> but I mean, everybody keeps saying like, you know, they they keep referring to like Labyrinth. You know, it does and it does have mm-hmm. that like Jim Henson like you know like the yeah, but I Christ- miss that. I do too, absolutely. But it also has this, um, you know, I don't. Know Bill as well as obviously I know Steve, but mm-hmm. Bill had a uh, awesome show at Second City years and years ago. It was a variety show that was what, was like eleven o'clock at night on Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, and it was like one of the funnest things I'd ever gone to in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Second City, yeah, at Second yeah. City, yeah, and it was it was it was the Gold Star uh, something something variety. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I'm thoroughly bad because I but never... we I the only part I remember is the preface was Gold Star. We called it Gold right. Star and. Yeah, but I mean, and I mean this as a compliment. It would remind me of like good MTV at like two in the morning back in yeah. like the eighties or not early nineties, where it was like everything in the kitchen sink. But like it, but it really it made you feel like you were um, you were kind of seeing something that doesn't you know that that not everybody is getting a chance to see. You anyway, know? Yeah. I, I I really think that the one thing I noticed about you know Bill and his directing for Dave Made a Maze was that it does capture that feel as well. It does kind of feel like kind of wild and kind of you know everything well bill was a child of the 80s as yeah. i was and I, I like i hate saying child of the 80s because <laughs> like i was never worried about the cold war or i was yeah. I went to, when i say child of the 80s i really mean it in this kind of superficial i'm a child of the 80s video store i'm the child of the yeah. 80s tv like i had no understanding of like the first time i had any sort of idea of like a greater scale of the world was the gulf war yeah. and even then i yeah. was still like Huh? Right, and, and, and you know, and I feel like the Cold War, like, I do, I, I miss the Cold War only because it inspired so many awesome movies. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you miss the Cold War that you saw reflected <laughs> exactly, right from exactly. films, yeah. Because as a kid, like, I didn't, you know, I remember when they would talk about Star Wars, I would get pumped not realizing they were talking about the strategic blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, no, it was like I mean? they're like, talking about the amazing <laughs> space yeah, opera. Yeah, exactly. Ronald Reagan's got some real taste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree, but... Uh, I mean, also, I had no... As a kid of the 80s, I had no concept that Reagan was president. The, for the yeah. first president I was aware of was George W. Really? George Bush Sr. I, I do yeah. remember Reagan as president, but, like, to me, he kind of... The Reagan that I remember kind of, like, is mixed with, like... Remember, what was that sh- that British show? Was it Altered Images or something like that? With the... Mm. Remember, okay, you remember the... Oh, film with com- the giant the, weird puppets yes, that yeah. are, like, the, yeah. the caricatures of it? Yeah, I, it's it's a combination of, like, that, the real Reagan, and, like, Doonesbury. Right? Yeah. You so, know, yeah. like, it was a very surreal, but... That, that pastiche of, like, that idea of the 80s mm-hmm. is... I We couldn't let go of that. And because right. of that, and we there's been this kind of gap, this huge cavity in movies, move, in these movies <laughs> that you see now, where obviously they're inspired by, but they don't carry that same sort yeah. of torch. And yeah. that's what our movie was. Dave Made a Maze was sort of like, oh man, we haven't seen a movie like, uh, what like like, uh, the Goonies or Labyrinth. And like I remember yeah. while we were writing Dave Made a Maze, Bill would sing songs from a Red Dawn musical. That he had seen in high school that his friends had put on. That's awesome. And I was like, so that, like, knowing people and even telling a story about a product of a byproduct was enough to sort of be like, this is what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good time for it because now everybody's sort of in love with John Carpenter in a way they've never been before. Like Adam Wingard, the guest, or, you know, it follows. I feel like people are trying to hit these notes again. And the only way you can do it is 
with the same technology, but don't limit yourself. Just mm-hmm. try to push it as far as you can go. But I think you really nailed it when you, because like the thing that they've made a maze is that like you know we do have a lot of movies that are trying to like, you know, um, throw back to the '80s, right? But they're all, they're all of them are very specific. Like they're throwing back to a very specific type of movie in the '80s, and I feel like what I like about this movie is that it's throwing back to a movie like a, a, a type of movie that people haven't really been trying to. Oh, they haven't gone goofy, you know? yeah. Well, I mean, like, I feel like there's sort of a lightheartedness. Like, you go Carpenter, you don't go Joe Dante. Right, exactly. Like, people I feel are like trying to make Joe Dante movies right now. They're you're trying gonna... to make, you're right, they're trying to make John Carpenter movies. Like, And, like, Joe, a Joe Dante movie now, is does that is that Transformers? Like, is that the equivalent for no, kids these days? I don't know. Because I, I think so. it, it's the, that's the same basis, in my mind. Like, when but, you go to a theater, that's what kids are watching, are these movies that are bigger than ever before, and they have the GDP of a... Of a small yeah, country, but I don't know. But yeah. uh, the budget of it, the GDP, yeah. of a small but, but like, I, what I guess what I'm saying is, that, like, I like chest of tub and yeah, that. I like that you mentioned. I like that you mentioned. Hey, movies. asshole! <laughs> At fuckface. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I like that they meant, you mentioned Goonies though, because there really isn't a like you know, there's nobody out there right now is trying to you know throw back to that particular type of '80s movie. They are trying to go back to making a Carpenter film. Or, you know, um, I'm trying to think of what I would think the guest Even would be. Stranger Things, too. I, yeah. I saw E.T. recently for the first time in years, and I couldn't believe how much it, like, they t- stole from that, too. You know? Oh, I think stealing. Okay. Re- uh, yeah. I, mean, I like Stranger I, Things. Violently so ripping it. off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You I'd know, be borrowing with a gun in it. Stolen in an endearing sort of way, because yeah. I watched it and I liked it. I love it. But it is... It is that like type, and it your even just from the trailer it reminded me of um, a little bit of Pee Wee's Playhouse and that type yeah, of puppetry, yeah. and like it was really it's really cool, and it made me really want to see it. So I'm, I'm yeah, really excited. The it's, playfulness was really yeah. important to us, and it was I think it was never quite forgetting like, hey, it's a comedy. Like if yeah. those movies were funny, and I think even with Stranger Things. It's easy to sort of shit on it. Like I I feel like I do that really quickly. <laughs> yeah, but I forget. And then when I remember, it's like that's a show that people made because they couldn't, they couldn't let go either. Yeah. Like I, we love this so much, and it's been missing so that much. We have to make yeah. this. Right. Yeah. But the safest way, and not in an insulting way, but the safest way to do it is just to completely retranslate what we've seen before. Yeah. And that's what it like. That's why there are so many references to these things we already yeah. like because they can call it out. And I, and it's funny because like you know you saying you mentioning Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of reminded me that's something else I really liked about Dave Made a Maze is that. It kind of harkens back to like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which, when you you know, you rewatch it, there's so many different genres. I mean, there, there's a moment in in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where it becomes a horror movie. Mm-hmm. There's a moment in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where it becomes like you know this like slapstick you know comedy like the whole studio backlot thing you know like a chase you know like a, a chase movie you know and then it, there's a moment where it becomes kind of a goofy romantic comedy yeah. you know like there's all these different genres that are being touched upon. And one thing I will notice, I noticed about Dave Made a Maze is you have the same thing where it's like the basic premise is a guy builds a maze, like a cardboard maze in his own apartment, like a little tiny model maze that he ends up getting inside of. And it's obviously a lot bigger once he's inside of it. And then his friends, including his girlfriend in the documentary well, too. His girlfriend has to lead a team into the maze that he builds in right. his apartment to go rescue him. And that includes a... A amateur document documentary film, right? And like, there's uh, mo- and there are moments where like the movie can get kind of creepy. You know, there's definitely some moments where there's moments where it's just it's, it's ridiculously funny, mm-hmm. and then there's moments where like it's 
just completely absurd, you know? Um, and there's even, like, the, the, the I don't want to say romantic comedy, but the romantic dramedy between, you know, but the relationship between... I think it was, we, we had a lot of notes to hit just in terms of what we wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it executes well. I think so, I think too. It's, I think it, every person who's seen it, every person who's seen it, uh, <laughs> they've felt they've, it, it resonates with them. And I think there's also scenes that people sort of at a lot of the Q&As at festivals, they have questions about, like, what was your intention here? And I think for a lot of it, I, the director can say otherwise. I think I sort of leave a lot to the audience where I'll be like, if I say or I try to explain, because there's so many different genres that we go through, mm-hmm. whatever you feel is okay. Like, if I try to explain what the intention was, then one, I feel like it's kind of a failure on our part because mm-hmm. it's like you're unclear. Right. But if you're unclear in a way that you want to learn more, then it's kind of for you to develop that mythology yeah. yourself. And that's not in a lazy way to sort no, of pass it off. But it's all. like, when you first saw Terminator, like, you only see glimpses of the future, and it's awful. <laughs> but it's like, well, what does it look like during the day? Is it, like, su- is it blue skies, but still, like, oceans of skulls everywhere? Like... You kind of have to answer those questions for yourself. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... And the answer is yes. It's blue skies. <laughs> yeah, with, hunter right. killers still are going over <laughs> skulls everywhere. And, um, no, but I you mean, don't go out during the day because that's how they find yeah, you. Yeah. You know? I, I think he actually says that, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. He does say that. But um, they mostly come at night. Now, that's mostly. aliens. That's aliens. Don't fucking... Come on. No, I think I think one of the things I love about... I liked about the movie is that like when I see it, I see you at twenty in 2012. Yeah, it was... I see yeah. your life... Where you were at, at, at you know, at, you know, in that year, and everything a, like a that. guy who's building a, a cardboard maze in his apartment because he can't deal with his shit, and then he gets stuck inside it. It was yeah. We were working together then, actually. Yeah, you've been with me all this whole time. Yeah, there's that's why there's time. only one set of footprints. Yeah. <laughs> it's when we tied one leg together. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like, no, we knew, you know, we've known each other for longer, but then, like, you know, we, we, when we were working on that show that I can't even we remember. On, uh, coming Home. No, no, we no, no, no. Coming Home. We were not working on we Coming were working, Home. Because at the time it was called <laughs> Homecoming, and they found there was another show like that, and then we were working no. on Coming Home. The show we were working on when you, when you showed me the script for Dave Made a Maze was the, called The Job. And it was this really weird reality show where people get their dream job. Yeah, that was after I had already started working on it. I, I know. started writing it while we were working on Coming Home about U.S. servicemen and women coming back from different wars and deployments <laughs> and surprising their families in weird and exciting ways. I really needed a job, and so I bugged the hell out of Steve, who was working at this job. Like, you've got to get me a job really bad. That was like that was the longest job I had for three. It was thirty days of doing transcription reality television. Oh, yeah, and that was a big deal. Thirty days. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you can IMDB our credits and everything <laughs> like that. Actually, I don't think I'm even mentioned in there. Um, but yeah, so when is uh, so the movie's coming out? What August 18th? A movie is coming out in uh, ten cities. I'm not sure all of them. Definitely LA. There's going to be. It's here in town. Uh, August 18th. God, you know what would be really awesome is if there's like a website that people could go to oh, to God. see there's to see what. Uh, that would be so cool. There is no playing. internet in the 80s, hence there is no <laughs> website in. No. Uh, yeah, the the website you can find out more about Dave Made a Maze at DaveMadeAMaze.com. And then Jess, I gotta get you this movie to see it as soon as yes. possible. I feel like I have to see it. Talking about it without I need you to seeing see it, it before everyone else. This yeah, is where <laughs> talking about it without you seeing it makes you I feel know. like the biggest schmuck. So I'm sorry. <laughs> At least you. It's fine. <laughs> I was thinking it, but I, I figured. No, I'd, Jess, I can, I keep I can it tell. in. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Just Jeff stares at both of you like. Well, now, well, now she's excited. You know, I, am excited, I think yeah. I think I did a pretty good job of hyping it up. You did. You know, I didn't even know what he. I asked him on the stairs, the stairs up. I was like, so what is your movie about, man? <laughs> he doesn't like talking about it. I get nervous. No, I. I no, can't. it seems I. I'm really, really looking forward to watching it. It's a. Uh, really good well thank you august 18th <laughs> well, i think what i'm definitely really appreciative we are done to- oh, just sorry i <laughs> just kidding. next but for i mean you were there yeah the entirety of the time that i wrote it and also when i showed you the script but on multiple occasions you've helped with production of this film also so i'm really really grateful yes Dave Made a Maze, August 18th. Yes. Definitely playing in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then also you can pre-order the film. It's a, it's day and date, so it'll be available cool. on VOD as well. Oh, cool. On, on like VOD. iTunes or? Uh, I believe it's going to be on cable providers. On cable so providers. So now theaters. Is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very pleased with how far we've come and what the release is going to be because I think it shows a lot of faith from the distributors. And Yeah. I mean, I never know what to expect. I'm sort of... I'm surprised you guys asked me on the podcast, so. Well, yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, we'll, I know it's a really big honor. We'll, like... we'll get into that later. Um, but I wanted to kind of move on from the to what we, uh, what we were going to talk about, which was, um, you know, to kind of paint a picture real quickly, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who have this very similar story, but, you know, I think it's like late 80s, and, you know, I'm living in southern New Jersey, like in the rural parts and everything. So my mom and I, at once a week, drive 20 minutes to Glassboro to where they... That's the name of the town. Mm-hmm. I just Steve raised his eyebrows, and so I felt compelled to, to, to you know, verify that it is, fake. it is indeed a place, <laughs> I, you know. Like um, coconuts. Does this story go anywhere or what? I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, we would go to Superfresh, which was a grocery store, and this grocery store had a film section oh this is a vh like video store in the grocery store yeah, yeah those are cool i only saw those on camping trips yeah no like this was like and the thing is like we would go to like video stores as well like movies unlimited but like this ritual of every week going to the grocery store with my mom my mom would go shopping i would go walk into the video aisle and of course i would always walk through the horror film section and i would look at all the boxes and I would, you know, look at the fronts and then, you know, get freaked out by the imagery on there. And then I'd look at the back and read the synopsis. And not having seen half these movies would go home that night and have the worst nightmares for a week. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You fulfilled what you thought the movie was. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And then, like, and what was great, too, is that, like, the best part, years finding out years later, is that some of these movies... Like, if you flip the back, if you look at the backs and everything like that, like, uh, best example would be Hellbound, the second Hellraiser movie. There's on the there they would use publicity stills for the movie that weren't necessarily actually in the film. So they had like the famous like surgery scene with like Pinhead and the other beautiful catfish lady in the OR scrubs. Yeah, they're all wearing OR scrubs. I had the biggest crush on her. Okay. On the Cenobite with like her whisker, like those two. Really? You're like, it was oh, a piercing, not really... a whisker. I don't know what she looked like. Some weird. She looked like one of the ladies from uh, Nightbreed. Okay, that would make sense. But anyway, but yeah, that was but, my first. Uh, your was, first horror. That was my first horror gal. But I mean, like, I would, I would even have nightmares about those like specific images that didn't turn out to be in the movie anyway. So you know, I would go through this. I would go to the, I would go to the grocery store, go to the video section, walk through the horror movie section, and it got to the point where like I would already creep myself so out so much that like even other movies from other genres, like when I look at those boxes, I would get like. 
like Doctor Strange Love, I would be like, what is this movie? Because all it was was like an image of, of Peter Sellers as Doctor Strange Love, and then underneath was like the War Room, but like in this weird like, mm-hmm. and it just looked like I was like, I don't know what this movie is, but I am scared shitless. Um, and then you know, a week later, I would go back and do the same exact thing. I was like addicted to freaking myself out, and a lot of that came from like the artwork and the imagery, and and I know that the three of us went and saw. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer oh, last yeah. year. Scariest cover. And we were and like we weren't it's just Michael Rooker. Yeah, exactly. And I was and we you know we talked about this in a previous episode where like for some odd reason as a kid, that cover really got under my skin. And I think I realized I was think, trying to think of why. I think it's because like I think one of the blurbs was like, you know, forget about Freddie, forget about Jason, like Henry is like something, something, something. And I remember being like, Well, if those guys are fucking scary this guy's. Yeah. I mean, like, I would. I would. In my, I, it was printed in my mind. It was like, whoa, wait a minute. Somebody said it. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't it just is, say it. They wrote it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It, it's real. It's a fact. Like that's on the box. Yeah. Why would yeah. the box lie? Right. And like, um, I didn't think. I thought it was a documentary for the longest time. I was like, oh shit. How did they get? How did that? How did that guy get to keep working yeah. after he killed so? And I hadn't seen it, but I saw the cover all those times. And it, when it's just a guy looking in the mirror, yeah. it's like. Yeah, that's about an actual dude. Yeah. And they just, like, shot him shooting people. And I remember being, I remember thinking, like, I'll bet he's even scared looking at himself in a mirror. Like, that's how scared I was. And the funny thing is that, like, at CineFamily, it turns out, like, whoever was hosting the Q&A said the same thing. Like, yeah. they were they were equally terrified by that video, um, video cover. And then I started thinking, I was like, you know, that's one thing that I feel like kids these days do miss out on. They A, miss out on the video store. Yeah. You know? A, I mean, they have posters now, but they don't... It's not the same. Right. Totally... Like, there's something... There's a really magical thing about walking down an aisle of a video store and getting completely lost, you know? And, like... And getting lost looking at all these different artwork. And, like, that was the thing is the artwork. Now it's, like, when a poster comes out, a lot of times it's just, like, a really photoshopped, like, image of, you know, this person and this person and, like, your stars and... You know, it, they're just, there's something missing. Yeah. You know, and I really, and, and I was thinking about VHS covers that always stood out in my mind as a kid. And so I wanted to ask you guys about what your picks were. And then I was going to show you guys and talk about my picks. That's how we're going to do it. I like that you brought examples. Well, I live, that no I one li- can see except I, for us. I live here. Well, <laughs> and I will describe them. You're not going to post the pictures on, uh, on your uh, Facebook page? I think, most people who are, I think most people who are listening, don't, don't listen to him. I think most people who are listening to this podcast. I don't know if he's like pod- accurate promotion for uh, me. I think that most people listening to this podcast will already know which covers I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, Jess, right? do you have a video store? Before we get to yeah. the covers, do you have a video store that you will remember that you went to that's similar to Mickey's grocery store one? Yeah, well, it's funny because me and Mickey both actually grew up in Massachusetts, but I grew up in a small town called East Bridgewater, which is, like, I think it was, like, 10,000 population, and it's an old town. Like, I think it was established in, like, early 1800s, so there's not... There was one movie theater and a bowling alley, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I spent most of my time, but... They had these, they had a, I can't remember what it was called, but they had a video store rental. It wasn't like Blockbuster. It was like more of like an independent one. Like mom and pop. And they had a convenience store um, that had, same thing, there was a little deli, and then right next to it, they had the movie section where you can rent movies. Was it shelves or carousel? It was shelves. Okay. Um, And I can't remember what the name of the convenience store is, but 
it was beneficial because anytime my mom had to stop and get like cigarettes or something I would be able to run in and look at the movies and you know see what appealed to me and um and you know try to do the same thing as decipher what this movie's about and if they'd allow me to watch it yeah um (laughs) you know which most of the time mom was no but dad was like yeah but I had a pick I had three main picks Mm -hmm. for the most memorable covers for me Uh and mine was a Dead Alive was the first one. The one with the yes, and it's the girl like opening her, her mouth, mouth and there's like this skull being yeah. in her. And I remembered that cover for years, and it took me years to actually see the movie because I Same think for I, me. I think I was like I don't know. And then I saw it maybe a couple years because I think I was like maybe nine or ten when that movie actually came out. Yeah. And then probably like more early teenage years is when I actually saw it. But I remembered that forever. Um, the other one is April Fool's Day. One, because it's my birthday, and I remember, I remember the girl, and I her hair is, is with a, a braid and yeah, yeah. A knife. okay, so yeah. it's braided, it's a braided noose, and then the knife is behind her back, and I was like, that is cool. And then all the no... goofy guys in the way back. Yeah, I was like, like shoot, what is this movie about? I mean, babe? it says April Fool's Day, but it kind of looks like really murdery. Um, and then one of my favorite films ever. Um, which is The Exorcist, which is That's one of the part. scariest covers still. It's yeah. just like, you know, him looking up at the building and the, yeah. the street light. It's it's, perfect. The, it's black and white, right? Yeah. Is it, yeah. It's, it's like the iconic image of, from that yeah. movie. Yeah, and it's and, like, I remember looking at it because my dad had it on VHS and I was like, just staring at it like, I don't know. Yeah, there was something really this. scary about yeah, that. Yeah, way that, scarier. I think also, like like I said, I think it was just as important to flip the box over and read like the synopsis, and I think that that, whatever the description was, also tied into like how scary that image was. For yeah. Me. I didn't, I, I, I think it was before I could read, I would be flipping them over, and it's like, well, what, what else can you tell me? And you get two frames yes. from the movie, and you can't read, and on the <laughs> back of Dead Alive, it's, you know... I think actually the back that a lot has like the 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 punch through the the guy's you know Uh the back of his head you know something like that. Well, it's funny because you we were watching something and you handed me it and it was called My Demon Lover and I was freaking out because I remember it and I was actually trying to search for it for a while and I just remembered the back panel of it and then when I looked at it, it's like all these weird memories started flooding back and I was like, holy shit, I remember like being in the VHS like cupboard and like being like, I'm not sure if they're going to let me watch this movie but I have to figure out when they're both not going to be home so I can watch it. And uh, I couldn't believe that you had it, which was and it, really it was back to like it was that was like when New Line wasn't a district like they were just making films, mm-hmm. you know, but they still needed to like have like another studio do the like handle the release. So like all those were Columbia, you know, videos, you know, with the red borders and all that stuff. Yeah. And, like the one that she's talking about is like had um, what her sister's boyfriend from Family Ties. Was it from Family Ties? Yeah, yeah, he was from Family Ties. And uh, he was, like, why, why am I drawing a blank on what his sister's name was in that show? I haven't rewatched it yet, so. What, My oh. Demon Lover or Family Ties? Oh, no, 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 My Demon Lover. But yeah, but, like, the guy who plays the meat Wait, which one was, was Family Ties? Was that Kirk Cameron? Oh, it was Michael J. Fox. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Anyway. I don't remember now. <laughs> so, Steve? <laughs> I brought a lot. Oh, uh, you the- I like through. I like the examples too. Let me though actually, but it's interesting. The ones that really well, <laughs> get to that one in a second. I was like, oh, that looks. Uh, that's the best one. Uh, here we are. 
This was like this oh. was Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. So like this was the tape cassette where it has the little clear part in his forehead. Yeah. Where you can see the VHS yeah. tape because he can record things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I actually realized I was trying to think of movies that like really stood out to me, and I pick ended up picking up the ones that I just would keep renting over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And I rented Johnny Mnemonic like because I'd that seen was the a trailer. Cool movie. And I watched it over and over again, but the ones that I'd never seen before that, like, really messed me up was Sleepaway Camp 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, where she's got the, the sack of uh, all the horror. Oh, you made copies? This is great. So that cover yes. is her. Yeah. So it's her with the Freddy glove and the Jason mask is in her backpack. But then when you turn it over, it's got two. St- it's got three stills. Mm-hmm. Can you describe these two right here, Mickey? Oh, let's see. It's, you've got... Um... I, no, actually, I really can't. Let me, uh... And so it's the woman, Jessica, I think her name is. Angela. Excuse me, Angela, Angela is singing uh, with an acoustic guitar, and she's sort of, like, talking to all the campers. <laughs> yeah. And then underneath that picture is, like, a scorched, severed head. And it's like, ah, oh, that's so fucked up and gross, and I never saw this movie. However, the third picture is twice the size of those other pictures, and it's Angela with a stick shoving a woman down a outhouse... Yeah. And the woman is covered in shit and leeches. Yeah. And even as a young boy, I knew what was going on, and it was really disturbing to me. <laughs> but I think... I've and my, then my friend rented it, and at a birthday party they were showing it, and then I saw the scene for real, and it was even worse than I could have imagined. And this is why I have this blow-up picture oh, good. of her <laughs> shoving that poor woman down oh the outhouse, <laughs> covered in leeches and covered in shit, because... Based on just this VHS cover, it's like, yeah. oh wow, she's worse than Freddy and Jason. I think. Well, I think it's what made it scarier for me was that, like, again, I looked at you know the Freddy. She's glove, got their shit. The yeah. Jason, yeah, and it's like I think playing off of that really like scared the hell out of me because again, like to me those well not not so much Jason but definitely Freddy was like the end all be all as far as you know yeah. boogeyman for me as a kid. And then. Uh... I went to <laughs> Summer Rental with John Candy. I never saw it for a very long time, but this picture of him walking on the beach with just way too much shit mm. and, like, spilling water on a woman in her bikini. Wait, which one was that? Was this with Dan Aykroyd? No, no, that's The Great Outdoors. Oh, yes. Okay, you're so right. So Summer Rental is him going, them going to Florida or something. Mm. And then to continue the John Candy thing is this classic poster, which I never saw the movie before, and then I saw this, and I kept renting it again and again based on this. But you never watched but it. But I too. never watched it. So this, I you thought... You never... I thought this was a horror film at first. Because, look... It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny because somebody actually yeah. recut the, the trailer to make it look like a horror movie, and it's hilarious. Um, yeah, he does. John Candy does look pretty sinister on this, like, you know. Yeah. But I think the most in line with what you were describing, Mickey, is this idea of, what the fuck is this movie? Mm-hmm. What could this movie possibly be about? And Amadeus, yeah. this poster of... A cityscape, and then some weird futuristic like yeah. spaceman with his hands outreach. Like, and I was like, I'm a, I don't even know how to pronounce that. And I always, as a kid, was like, What the fuck is this movie? Do you know how disappointed I was when I finally watched it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, What the fuck? <laughs> and, and it was it was not about the a future Illuminati death. <laughs> yeah, movie. and it's yeah. a great movie. But I remember initially being like, Where the fuck is that dude with the weird head? Um, <laughs> he shows up. He gotta show up, yeah. but. You have to go through a lot of shit before you see that. And um, then this one's really embarrassing. Uh, so this is the Batman logo for 1989's yeah, Tim yeah. Burton, Michael Keaton starring Jack Nicholson Batman. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw this, I didn't think that was the Batman symbol. I thought these were teeth. 
<laughs> so I thought it was some sort of movie about some sort of monster. <laughs> I thought it was like a King Kong movie. That's awesome. gold teeth. And had a, as and even as a kid, had I recognized the bat symbol, I would have been like, oh, that's so cool. I did not recognize it as a Batman movie. I thought these were teeth. And I was like, what the, what the fuck is this movie about? And so that was kind of... Actually, that's one of the things I love about the Batman video is that if you look at the back, it doesn't tell you what the movie's about at all. Yeah. It's saying you already know what this movie's about. The only yeah. thing on the back it says is four-star spectacular entertainment, a triumph you can't take your eyes off of it. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, real quickly, too, is I remember because I, you know, I have this video as well, and like I always thought it was... He was saying that. Like, I was always like, where's the part of the movie where he says that? Yeah, these are quotes. <laughs> yeah, from the movie. Um, and I think what the next sort of level for me was I went to comic book conventions. Okay. And so they Dork. would have, well, they'd have tape traders. I know. I but, like, these too. were people who would, like, copy tapes and then photocopy covers yeah. for them. Yeah. And I'd never seen that before. That was the first time I saw the Army of Darkness cover where it's, Ash and it's illustrated and he's got these yeah. hands and he's mm-hmm. reaching up to the heavens. And I think uh oh Hey, would you have Harvey in there? I do have Harvey in here. Because what the fuck is this movie about? Yeah, that it's, was, that it's was James too. Stewart on the sidewalk and there's this it giant looks, bunny that, shadow. Yeah, it looks really scary. Like have you ever seen the movie Magic with Anthony Hopkins? I don't think you so. showed it's on Shutter. This is the movie I thought Magic was gonna be. Or no, I, really I thought like, this, I thought Magic was gonna be like, or Harvey was gonna be like Magic. Yeah. Okay. What's it? Bill and Ted's when they're in that like hell and that okay. like murderous the, bunny. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. That's yeah, great. that kind of reminds me of it, and it still makes me a bit uncomfortable looking at it. Yeah. Um. But so at comic book conventions, that's also where I grabbed this for the first time. This is a this was a poster that was only released for Requiem for a Dream. Like a, which is cool two images that are cut in one inch margins that are put next to each other. So it's a giant close up of an eye and then this wide shot of Jennifer Connelly on a on the dock. And this was one of those things where I was like, I know what that movie's about, but what the fuck is this poster about? Yeah. Which is going to be my new catchphrase. <laughs> I got two more. Three more, guys, and then I'm almost done. I was no, really no, excited about this. No, I like this too. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to describe them as best uh, I can. Ah, come on, flip that one. I, I know this one really well. So I'd never seen this movie before, but it's got this tiny, what I want to say. I remember, okay. Yeah. I Middle totally Eastern man, very remember small. Remember this, yes. Uh, crouching, like crouching. Like well, yeah. like animalistically over this woman like on a painting. bed. Like the painting. Yeah, exactly. Is it's it really, like a painting? That, that's yes, exactly it's what it's the, referencing. It's like. The Nightmare. Uh, yes, thank you. I was... And it's this is for gothic. That, Ken Russell film. That Ken Russell movie. But I saw this and I was, well, what did I say to myself as a little boy? Yeah. What the fuck is this movie I do about? I said the same thing. Again, yeah. another example of you see a movie and it does not, I, I like Ken Russell films. I love The Devils. I really like Lair with a White Worm. Gothic, I just, I think the only reason why, it's a good movie, but the only reason why it, haven't, it hasn't grabbed me is because it doesn't live up to what I thought the movie was going to be. Well, no, based on this poster, it's like, oh, this is some nightmare little dude who lives in the walls. (laughs) But it's also, there's also like a sexual thing going on because look at, you know what I mean? He's going for that boob. Yeah. He is going to grab that breast with his god hands. Yeah. Uh, Back to comic conventions. No, let's go back to god. No, go ahead. Uh, Was, there was also something that I, I don't know if I sort of fetishized or sort of exoticized sort of foreign languages. But any sort of American film... Is that Die Hard? Yeah, but done with either any sort of Japanese or Chinese or sort of Cambodian. Any sort of... Some of them are really 
hilarious and great. And... Yeah, but there's something about the lettering and then mm-hmm. the way they repurpose the image that suddenly it becomes this other movie. Like, this is Die Hard, mm-hmm. but it looks like a movie about a guy in the future. Yeah. Like, this, and it's almost, it, it, not only is it indecipherable because I can't read the language, but the images are rearranged in a way where this very familiar movie is now something I don't recognize. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm drawn into it, and yeah. I find it really alluring. And then this one... Uh, Made me feel very strange as a little boy. This was in the, like, adult drama section. <laughs> Not quite pornography, but oh, this, this is, was... And this this was, is a very interesting Does that say where the Twilight Zone meets the erogenous zone? Yeah, so oh, this is this... I like that. This, this is this naked woman whose parts are covered by these hands that are, like, the, the background is all stars, uh-huh. and then the hands are sort of cutouts of her body, and it's this sort of galactic backdrop. And yep. I was like, this... When I saw this as a kid, I was like... That is the sexiest thing that will ever be, is this picture for this movie. Like, Inside Out was a series of, like, Twilight Zone movies that Playboy put out in the late 80s, early 90s. And I, I had no idea what I was looking at, but I thought it was fascinating. And then, which leads me to the best VHS cover I've ever seen, and I never knew what it was about until I saw it in yeah, high school, I know which is Brazil. Yeah. And this is a shame that it's in black and white because... The color scheme is really awesome. Yeah, like the Brazil is blue and pink overlay. Mm-hmm. The sky is blue. and the, But then you turn it over, yeah. and if you can't read, all you have is two pictures on the back. Well, one, this looks like... Nothing like Jonathan Price. No, this looks like the guy from Ghost Story. Uh, the the classic 19... It's not Fred Astaire. It's, um, is it Fred Astaire? Yeah, Fred Astaire. Yeah, I, that's fucking Fred Astaire. That's not Jonathan Price. That is a picture of Fred Astaire with his head blowing up. Yeah, I, I can see. I can see where. No, it's, it's not. It's supposed but to be Jonathan Price. Like, so that's that looks so. like Fred Astaire. To yeah, me. for some other reason, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of glad that it doesn't look like Jonathan Price because I think this, this movie is not about this is yeah. not this is not a movie about people who can blow up their brains, mm-hmm. which I thought it was. This is about a guy who can yeah. blow up his own head. Obviously. Well, no, I didn't think that. You see, the thing is, like, it was the cover was was weird, but I, I'm kind of going with where you were going here. It was the back of it was like. What the fuck is this oh, movie? So you turn it over, and if you can't read, you don't know about Michael Palin, Terry Gilliam, or Robert De Niro, Jonathan Price. However, there is a picture of Robert De Niro, and it doesn't look like Robert De Niro. No, I didn't. And he doesn't look happy him. either. No, he looks fucking. Oh, I pissed. see it now. He usually does. Which, and is, then, which is funny because in Brazil, he's actually kind of like a cheerful. He's a vigilante plumber, but he's a cheerful guy. You know, yeah. he's not a cheerful in that picture. And then this picture right here oh is of Mona from Saved by the Boss. Helmet, but yeah. I couldn't tell that because someone's stretching her face. Yeah, that was the part that always freaked me out. I was like, "What movie is this where someone's face is getting stretched like that?" Or the, you know, and I was also too young to know that was Jim Broadbent. Doing. How would you know it's Jim Broadbent? Yeah, like it's how would you know that's Jim Broadbent? Yeah, we were kids. We but just... anyway, it's a movie about people's faces who get stretched and people can blow up their own brains. Right. That's Brazil. Yeah. That's as a kid. That's what Brazil is. What's this one? So uh, the video store I went to was called Captain Video, and it was a local Bay Area video store that had locations in San Francisco on Lombard Street, Second uh, on Columbus Street in San Francisco. Uh, Junipero Serra Boulevard in Colma, California. Colma, by the way, is a BART stop in the in South San Francisco. It has more dead bodies than their population. Oh, oh I've heard of that, yeah. yeah. Really? Uh, Market Street, San Francisco, and then San Pablo, Albany, California. They only have one location left, I think, right now in all of California. It's in San Mateo. And then my video store was 386 Grand Avenue, Oakland, California. And that's where we would go to get videos. And it's this awesome logo. It's Captain Video and the V or lightning bolts. Yeah. And the videos would come in these dark brown cases. They'd be behind the 
yeah. VHS covers that had the styrofoam things in it. Um, the funny thing about this store is, I didn't like like I liked movies, but I didn't really, I didn't care for them a lot. And I got burned really bad one night when we were going to the circus. I got hot coffee, like I spilled it all over my back because I was like, crawling underneath the pot. And my mom like freaked out and like they took me to the shower and they put me in the bathtub with ice and then they took me to the ER and they gave me a shot of something in my butt <laughs> and like a, a painkiller. And for the rest of the night, my mom said that I did the entire Muppet show, but I did all the voices <laughs> as a little kid. Fair enough. And then that night, they took me home from the ER, and she went to Captain Video as it was closing, and they were, like, doing the big gate. And she knocked on the door, and she said, I have a badly burned little boy in my car, and we need movies because he has to stay home. We, he loves the movie Witness. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, she said that, and the guy was, and he's like, we, he's going to be home for weeks. And the guy was like, okay. And he gave her a stack of 20 videos. Like, she rented 20 videos at a time, and I stayed at home watching movies, and that's when I started liking movies, was watching them day after Uh day, like, six at a time, just one after another, one after another. Jesus. And that's how, like, that's, you know how you develop sort of a film library? Yeah. Of, like, these are the movies I've seen. I've seen a lot of movies. I'm worth this. Yeah. You know? I think in terms... Yeah. Yeah, I'm worth something because I've seen it. Uh, and that's how it developed. So that's when you said these video stores. Captain Video was the place that, yeah, like, well, they did the, the I, I dropped a chunk of, uh, of long-term memory so I could hold on to a chunk of uh, right. films and stuff. Well, you know, it's like, because, like, before I moved to Massachusetts, I lived in New Jersey, and, like, we had, you know, I would go to Super Fresh. We also had Movies Unlimited. You keep that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to frame this. That's one of the most disgusting images I've ever seen. Yeah. And I remember having like a love-hate relationship Sorry. with the video store because on one hand, I, I love to look at movies. On the other hand, I was terrified of everything. So especially like Movies Unlimited. I remember they had on the wall, they had that, that poster of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Right, it was the uh, Breakfast Club one yeah. where it's like them all. I remember being like, again, not knowing anything. All I know is Texas Chainsaw Massacre which is supposed to be scary, part two, which means it's probably going to even be scarier, little than I know. Um, but, so going to the video store, like, I would... They were also well-lit in that picture. That's the first time you yeah. saw, like, monsters well-lit. Sure. They weren't in the dark anymore. They were in the sunshine. And there was something really familiar about it, not knowing years later that, like, it was aping another movie's poster. But, so I had a love-hate relationship with, you know, video stores because I was terrified of everything, and I would have a sense of dread as we're going to the video store, but also that excitement, you know? I think that's one of the reasons why I feel so drained as like an adult because I feel like I exhausted myself as a child being so scared of everything. But the bot, the videos that always got to me were like this one. The, this and we, me and you, rewatched this movie uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I mean, this just this cover is just perfect. The near dark cover. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What is her name? That's not Rachel Ticketon, oh, no, is Jeanine? it? Uh, Jean- Jeanette Goldstein. Jeanette. Yeah. Jeanette Goldstein. Yeah. Vasquez from Alien. Yeah, I love that. It's like all with the holes coming out, but especially I love this awesome shot from the movie of like them yeah. backlit by the, like the, the, must be the car lights on that hill. And then when you flip it, you've got, I you know, I don't, re- I don't know, to me, I don't know this is a little kid. As a little kid, I have never seen this movie, so I don't know this is a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, who's like getting, you know, it's, it's uh, Joshua Miller when he's like out and running outside at the end and he's getting, you know, totally like caked by, like, burned by the sun and everything like that, and then, you know, that really classic picture of Bill Paxson yeah. holding a shotgun. R.I.P. Yep. I mean, like, that video, like, I never, you know, it took me a long time to actually watch the movie because I was so scared. I didn't even know there were vampires. Cause, like, I didn't know yeah. there were vampires either. I also, I never saw this cover 
you never before. Did. The only one I saw was there was the one that's just Paxton on the front, and he's uh, all super. Oh yeah, up. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was the only one I'd ever seen. Yeah, and so like the font I remember, like that the sharp ends, uh, the sharp uh, angles on the end for yeah. near dark. But like this one, font. seeing it now is awesome. And also this and Lost Boys, I think, is a, yeah, such a the great. Yeah, the Lost Boys have like very similar imagery. Poster, yeah. yeah. That's a perfect, po- I mean, for sure. Uh, this one, because I, um... Oh, this? Yeah, if you, it, like, when we're talking about the vamp po- uh, video, which, on the cover, like, that vampire, that creature, whatever, you don't really see that in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, again, I liked, I, I remember being, but that, that really freaked me out, and I didn't think, I've, you know, I've seen this movie a million times now, I, you know, I laugh at it more than anything. I mean, it's a, it's a horror comedy, but when I was a kid, this was... This looked like it was going to be the scariest movie you've ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, especially like the back. Like you don't see. All I know is that like That's great. A there's sexy. Yeah, like, but there's some scary. Yeah. Again, because I'm I'm tying into the the image right here. Mm-hmm. Like. I, that's a scary movie to me. And Grace Jones, there's like there's something weird about her makeup in that in that picture where she's all she's doing is about to kiss Robert Russler. But yeah, but she looks very seductive. And like, wait, that is yeah. that Robert Russler? In on the no, on right there it is. Wait, is it? Yeah. Robert Wrestler is this is that kick-ass stud from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah, right, he's also a vamp, sure. yeah. <laughs> that guy's the coolest. He is pretty cool. Yeah, I just want to put that out there. Um, Kick-ass stud Robert Wrestler. <laughs> this one's great because uh, it's yeah. a very famous image, you know? We're it is. Friday 13th Part 4, the final chapter. It's, uh, you know, a knife uh, or machete, whatever, going through the, like the, the hockey mask. It's a combat pool. knife. Sure. Just got yourself a World War II trench boot there. Oh, there you go. Trench boot knife. Um, mm-hmm. I just love it. It's a really, I mean, it really, like, against the stark black background, you know? Yeah. Um, also on the back, you have, um, you know, you have this, I, mean, I was learning to read at this point, so I'm like, you know, I'm reading about, like, you know, um, Jason and, and Tommy Jarvis. Also, the back of this video, this is an, um, this video, the, the back of this video used to have a picture of, Corey Feldman's character wearing a um, one of the monster masks he's got, but I you know I that I don't understand. So I'm like, there's this weird alien kid in it, mm-hmm. you know, or this weird alien person. Uh, if you notice this guy, he's at you know they're look he's looking at a body that's you know in a hospital, but he looks like he's like in mid sentence while chewing on food. And then you got this dude in the shower who's seeing something that's clearly terrifying. Is that a hot dog or a thumb? Yeah, what is that? What are you talking about? This I think it's a thumb. This thumb that's about to go in the guy's mouth. Oh, that's a hand. Yeah, it's a thumb. Yeah, have you, have you ever seen this one? I've never seen it. Oh, uh, it's he. The guy. Spoiler I, alert: He gets killed in the shower. <laughs> I think what also you would have is, never known. Yeah. What's really great about this cover is that it's uh, that it looks like they photographed it for the VHS or yeah. the poster. Yeah. Like it, this, you it's so clean that you can yeah. reach out and touch it. Like like that's real. It's not a composite. It's not a pastiche of like different stuff from the movie. Yeah. And then um. And this was like a big deal because as a kid, I was my boogeyman was Freddy Krueger, and I I had this weird thing where it's like I would you know I would go to Wildwood, New Jersey. It was just like a you know boardwalk, and they had those dart games and everything like that. Um, you know where you can you throw darts, you get the bullseye, you win a poster, and then people oh, yeah. would win these framed posters of of Freddy Krueger, and I didn't understand that because I was like, he's a bad guy. He is like, scary. Who, I'm scared. Want who wants that? I remember my, my grandmother got me a um, Nightmare on Elm Street board game because all the kids loved Freddy Krueger, but mm. she didn't realize that to me it was like I would have 
nightmares. You're so, bringing him into the house. Yeah, so I would stash him up in the attic, you know. What really scared <laughs> me the most about Nightmare on Elm Street was the artwork. And uh, But this, I mean, like, this very famous image, yeah, that's... you know, of, of, like, you know, what's supposed to be Heather Langenkamp with the glove. You never actually see Freddy in this. Um, the media logo always freaking out. I always, I always associated that logo with something scary. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because it was it, always on a cool, always on a poster, cool horror. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or um, Fade to Black, which I just got recently. You know, like um, that media logo was always there. And then this this back where it was like that image yeah. and that image. You know, Nancy like looking, you know, looking over her shoulder and somebody dude in flames over somebody, and then just reading the description. Like, sometimes the descriptions would look, were enough. Like, I never... I had one of my most memorable nightmares I've ever had. I was in... Um, I had, like, a, a a tent that went over your bed. It was a G.I. Joe. Yeah. Those were cool. Those were cool, unless you had a nightmare <laughs> of getting killed by Freddy Krueger when you're a child, and you wake up screaming, and you have to... Un- your, your mom's around you and unzipper the thing, because... But, yeah. That was I, was... I was seven years old. It was... I was, no, it's not even seven years old. I was five years old. This was 1987, and I was petrified. I had never even seen that Realm Street film yet. And then this one just always, I mean, it's another Night Realm Street one. It's the cover of Night Realm Street 3. This one always stood out because, like, it just looks so surreal. You know, this like, is the one that changed everything in terms of those posters. What do you mean? Because they're fighting back. It's a guy with a mace, see and that, it's a you, dude with a baseball bat. Yeah. You see that, but I see this house, right? <laughs> And nothing next to it, like, like I, <laughs> no. But this chick with uh, switchblades, yeah. like yeah, this yeah, was, yeah. I, they this, looked, yeah. This was the first time where it looked like they could fight back, and that was where it made Flip a big it, difference. My friend. Oh, and then it's got <laughs> this woman being eaten by this giant Freddy dick worm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, but like the the thing that bothered me the most was, like I said, that you can see it kind of like, you know, right there by that house, and nothing there. Where I lived in New Jersey, I had no neighbors, like. For uh, the you know it was a long hike just to get the, the neighbors or anything so that was my house mm-hmm. in the poster that was where something terrible was gonna happen was my house and um, and also like I had a kind of a weird like well, I was five years old you know I had this weird like fascination with um you know punk like punk rock people like punk rock kids looked fucking terrifying but I thought they were cool at the same time yeah and so none that... of these images are comforting because they all look like like, part of me is like, man, these guys are really cool. On the other hand, I am petrified of, you know, what it's they're going to do. because I didn't think I saw this one, and now this, I totally remember being <gasps> petrified of it. Um, so now I, too, I do totally remember watching this and being scared enough to never watch it again. Ever. Oh, well, it's Heather Langenkamp. It's supposed to be Nancy. Well, because the woman is brunette with the white streaks. What I like about these posters too is that I don't think that the, the the artist had seen the movies yet. I don't think they yeah. even had a movie yet. For the, he was just going off of the screenplay. Works for me. Their only hope is dream researcher Nancy Thompson. See, this one is the first one, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I love her expression because it's that you totally know that point of when you wake up from a nightmare and you're kind of like paralyzed by fear yeah. for a second and that's exactly what her face looks like which is scary to me yeah no i i absolutely agree and like i mean all i the... had uh i had uh, dream child also yeah i noticed that i don't is it the one where he's uh he's with the, the baby 
Yeah, he had the baby carriage. But that one is, again, it's like, what the fuck is this movie about? Is he a dad? And then this one was, and it wasn't so much the cover. I mean, it was a very freaky cover and an awesome, totally metal oh, baby yeah. carriage. <laughs> Math, Matthew Peak, that was the artist oh, who did okay. all the nightmare. And his father was. All of them? Yeah, I mean, like the ones where they the used first. artwork. Um, yeah. Like this one, they don't. He did a cover for Nightmare on Elm Street Five, but they didn't. but they didn't use it for the video, which is that was very well, clearly, you know, that or Freddy's dead. This is but then the images on the back are what got me, which is yeah. a creepy little boy, and a woman who seemingly is barfing while eating too much while being sucked into a refrigerator while her friend is helpless to help her. <laughs> so that always kind of like it's these. Like, immediately having one image to base an entire, like, well, uh, there's something terrible happening, yeah. and you tell the story to yourself. I did the same thing for Saw before I saw it. I, mm. like, I developed the story where I was like, oh, man, gross stuff happens, and it's yeah. like, they're forced to do things. And then I thought the movie was about that, where it's like, you're on fire, and you've been pushed out of an airplane, what are you going to do? And it's <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think that was there was something to be said about kind of, like, looking at as a kid looking at the imagery yeah. getting a brief synopsis and then imagining and then imagining what the movie was going to be you know and like the funny thing is that like this scene in Nightmare on Street 5 doesn't ha- happen exactly the same way that it does, you know what I'm saying again it's a some of these scenes just don't show up Hellraiser 2 what we were talking about earlier with that that surgery scene Arrow Video released that Hellraiser box set and they included that scene and now it's a work and it was it was unfinished the special effects weren't completely added but I can tell you, as a still image, it works a lot better as a, you know, actual piece of footage because a mental placeholder. Nothing can top that 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 idea how, that, that idea had, had yeah. of like you know wait they're doctors now, like now I don't want to go get in my I don't like I would be again I, image I was very very sensitive as a kid like my mom was going to make uh, she for Halloween she was going to dress me up as um well she did dress me up as Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi <laughs> and he's got that black cloak. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that the cloak that she bought had a guy dressed up as a vampire. And I was like, no, you are not putting me in this because I do not <laughs> want to turn into a vampire. Um, that was that was how easy, I, uh, you know, how susceptible I was just to images. So taking that in mind, imagine a little a little version of me walking up and down an aisle in a video and store just... and just losing my mind over. I mean, it was, again, it was the most, like, terrifying experience of my life. And, you know, years later when I moved to the Boston area, I worked at a video store. And um, that was great because then suddenly I could just walk up and down. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to take this home. I don't have to pay for anything. Do you think that made you more resilient because you were exposed to that stuff and you had to sort of develop the narrative yourself? So that when yeah. you then watched it, when you did see Dead Alive that yeah. first time, you were like, sometimes they were disappointing. And other times it, they were, it yeah. surpassed but, what your like To talk about one of Jess's picks is... Uh, you know, The Exorcist did not disappoint. When I watched that movie, I that I was movie scared the shit. I was out more of me. terrified of the movie seeing it than I was of looking at the the box. You know, like that movie lived up to its own hype. You know, I I think you had said at the very beginning of this that there's this idea that kids these days don't get to kids these days don't get to go to video stores, and I think in a way the real shame of it is. What we were exposed to and we had to develop answers for for ourselves yeah. were so tame. Compared to what people can be exposed to right now, like the yeah. level of like Grotesque, pornography yeah. and grotesquerie that's available to a kid of really any internet browsing age, which is yeah. the ability to type, is sort of like one, you're alone, 
you're not in a public space sort of like hey we're in a place where people go to learn about stories which is the video store mm -hmm. like we've I, I have a narrative where if I get this I can go home and take the story and get find out what the story is sure. however I'm here with my parents there's other people here I, pro I can't, I, I can't yeah. get this so I have to imagine what the story is for this but yeah. this communal idea of we're all in this place together and this is where we get stories yeah isn't there's no safety net for kids now where it's like I'm looking at my phone and I'm watching people being beheaded or sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm demeaning women and this is how I'm learning about sex and this sort of idea. And I think the problem with that is Inside Out was the sexiest thing I'd ever seen besides nudity and R-rated movies that my parents rented. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, oh shit, I gotta go pee, but I don't have to go pee. What's this feeling in me? You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, this, it's this weird <laughs> idea. <laughs> Nikki's face is really good. Oh, no, he agreed, and then he didn't agree. <laughs> yeah, that's, he that's was pretty like, much. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I remember. Wait, I oh, yeah, I exactly. <laughs> but I think it's this like that's you develop it that way, and then when you are exposed to it, you sort yeah. of are like it. It delivers. It doesn't deliver. And I think what's being delivered now directly to kids of the narrative they build is so much scarier. Yeah, that's true. But like at the same time, like I think well, like what I went was that like you know as a kid, you know you go to a video store like so like you're ten years old. You're having a sleepover, you go to the video store, you get to pick five movies, right? So then there's this whole, like, you know, you got to pick five movies. You're going to take these five movies home, you know, you're going to watch them, they're going to be terrifying. Now, it's like, so you're, 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 you're basing your decision off of, like, what you're looking at, you know, like, off the cover, with the synopsis, all that stuff. Now, we, we, I feel like with kids, it's like, they go on Netflix... I'll, I'll watch five minutes of this. I don't like it. More Rotten Tomatoes. One, you can... Yeah. It, they don't even, I think, do the reviews anymore. They do what you said. They go directly to watching a chunk of it and being like, meh, moving on. Yeah. We I didn't mean, have that choice. We you had to watch it because that was one of the five movies you got. <laughs> that was one of the five movies you got. And you got that base... I mean, it, like, you got it off of some really great, like, artwork, you know? Like, some of the movies we've actually done on this pod, like Demons. Yeah. I actually didn't really care for the, the, the cover. I, I really don't like the VHS cover for Demons. But I love the fact that it's got a sticker on it that says, like, you know, featuring music from Motley Crue, mm -hmm. blah, blah, and, blah. And, like, it also gave this movie a certain prestige when it was, like, when there was artwork. Not when it was, like, a, a, a photograph, but, like, when it had artwork, when somebody took the time to make, like, you know, it's that movie's, this movie's gotta be great because someone took the time to make that, you know? <laughs> um, and this will be a good segue because another video that really stood out was um, the movie we just watched was for The Hidden. Um, it was a good... It is a good... I'm looking at it, and it... I don't know if I actually have ever seen the cover before, but it is a good movie cover, and I probably would have picked it up. That's... Based. I mean, my dad and I, we were at the video store, and uh, we were actually... At, we were in, It was in New Jersey. We were at a convenience store, just like what you had, yeah. that had, like, a video store section, and we picked it up, and, like, you know, I liked Dune, you know, and Twin Peaks was on TV at the moment where, like, little Kyle MacLachlan's in this. And this guy looks like he's crazy, you know? So, like, that weird cover and everything. So we rented it. And um, that's how I saw The Hidden, which is one of my all-time favorites. And I think one mm -hmm. of the reasons, the, the real reason why I wanted you to watch it with us, because I know you and I have already watched it before, is that it is my dream that someday we remake that movie, but we're the two, we're, you know, we're <laughs> Michael Norrie and Kyle MacLachlan. Do you want to be Kyle MacLachlan Absolutely. Michael <laughs> Dibs. So or wouldn't it be really cool is if we were on both Kyle McLaughlin's? Wow. We just didn't know. Uh, but no, we, you've seen it before. I've seen it before. Jess, you saw it for the first time. No, I've never seen it um, mm. until now, so, which was really great. I Kyle McLaughlin has this really interesting career 
Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that too while we were watching. Oh, were you really? Well, no. By interesting, you mean amazing career. I think it's amazing, but it's just like he's just what everything was, he's done. And was two, it this and then Twin Peaks? Yeah. So it was it was Dune, Blue Velvet, yeah. The Hidden, then Twin then, Peaks. And you can okay. definitely what after Twin Peaks did he do? Showgirls. Yeah, Showgirls. That's, That's a, a really seven-year interesting... gap. What do you mean? Didn't Showgirls come out in like '90s? I think '95. Seven. Was it? I thought it was. Look it up. '95. I'm gonna it? I'm gonna call it right now. '94, '95. But I'm gonna say '95. Okay, Showgirls. Looking it up right now. Or '96. '95. '95. Oh, that was after Showgirls. Is he just taking time off? And oh no, he did this movie. He did this other movie called uh, Trigger Effect. Which was based off a Twilight Zone episode where all like the monsters do on Maple Street, where all the power goes out in a neighborhood. Was that written? Who was that written by? It's by somebody. Yes. David Cope. Maybe. Yeah. But, Tom McLaughlin's in that. He Is should... he the guy in that? Yeah, he's the lead. And then what's after that? He just does stuff. You know, I think he did Sex in the City. Oh yeah, yeah we just ha- that's yeah. so weird. I kind of want to see that now. Okay. Is that who? Oh, her husband. What? Now I remember. Yeah. Is he her husband? Yes. Or is it just and she cut out her faces and put it all on all of, now his, I on remember. All of his pornos. Yeah. What? Yeah. And it was her how she could okay. be close with him because he jacked off, so she cut her face out and put it onto all these pornographic images that he had. Oh, okay. Pornographic images. Excuse me. Uh, Lad Mag. He's had a really great career, And what did he do after Sex and the City? Oh, you know what? He's some TV. The Good Wife. I think my friend Sarah was Desperate Housewives. I think he was on that. Um, I don't know. Breathe in. He was uncredited. I, it strikes Portlandia. Me as, oh, he was on Desperate Housewives. Ninety-six episodes. Portlandia. Ninety-six. Oh, episodes. He was on Law and Order SVU. How two many episodes? episodes. Two episodes. As two different people. Probably what? <laughs> yeah, Andrew Rains and Dr. Brett Morton. Okay, let's talk about the hidden for a no, moment. No, but I, the reason. Okay, no. The, but you had a very it's good a point. Weird, which his, is, he has like a golden like. <laughs> Nougaty Center, which was at the very beginning. Yeah. Like, like Dune, Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks, The Hidden. And, like, you have this weird developing where he's like, God, this guy is so bizarre and he cool. He is. Well, the, I think and I then everything I, he does after that. I think it's, as an actor, you get a yeah. chance to be on a TV show, 96 episodes on Desperate Housewives, and you're set for life, and you get to do what you love, which yeah. is act. So I'm sort of, or at the same, I also think he has something to do with wine, too. An a or an HBO show. I'm sure at he's this on, point he can do whatever yeah. the fuck he's like. Oh, he's like, four seasons on HBO yeah. or whatever yeah. it was, or Sex in the City. I think but it's I the think, guy never stopped working, but there's only things that we attribute him to, which is because those the are the things. Those, those are the things that he's best at, which is like he was. Oh, he had this thing. And you see it in Dune. You see it in Blue Velvet. You definitely see it in The Hidden, and you also see it in Twin Peaks, where he's got this very innocent quality, but you know that there's just something slightly dark about that. Like, you know that there's potential for something dark, so you got... You know, yeah, yeah, Evil Cooper in the new Twin Peaks. With the long hair, leather jacket, that's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> he is pretty fucking badass. But also, Dougie... Oh, we can talk about, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about Twin Peaks Not later. Not now. But... It's almost mealtime. Um, <laughs> or should I call Mr. Strawberry? Okay, all right. Enough of your... <laughs> Hello! Steve comes over every Sunday to watch Twin Peaks with me. I was going to say, though, aside from his career, which I've already known about it because now I've had the chance to watch a lot of his stuff, but not this being one of them. Yeah. The opening montage is so good. Right. Okay, so, like, what's his name? Uh, The actor? Chris Mulcahy? Yeah, like, 
in this cool car, like, robbed a bank, yeah. like, blasting these, like, heavy tunes, like, riding around L.A., I would have thought that was the shit when I was younger. I, I think it's the shit right well, now. Yeah. I wish I saw it as a kid, because <laughs> right? I was like, this is the baddest motherfucking yeah. movie on the planet. It's yeah. so like, good. Shit, so good. we got. Yeah, this is bad. I mean, the, it's it, bad. what I love about it is that everything about this movie is simple. It's, it's you have um, a ki- you know, a, a killer who is... A kid-friendly plot. Uh, stealing, <laughs> uh, stealing whatever he wants, like specifically really fancy cars and music, listening to heavy metal, and killing people. And he's, uh, it, you, it very quickly you find out that it's an alien from outer space that transfers itself from body to body. One of the first movies really? of its kind, I think. Like, I know the Shocker came after that. Jason Goes to Hell kind of did, uh, borrowed from it. You mean, like, the sort of chameleon? The body, the, the body, sw- like, the, the trans- body transfer. It's very phallic, too, that transfer of... The weird but isn't slug. isn't Fallen? I never. Okay, yes, I was thinking about Fallen, but that's this is after Fallen's what like ninety six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is that but, like, Hidden was the first one that yeah. I remember where like you're transferring the monster from you to somebody. You know what I mean? Like not the thing where everything is getting assimilated, but like the whole idea of body yeah, swapping. Bo- you know? Yeah, swapping. And um, I mean, I think you could touch on it a little bit in Prince of Darkness. Like people got mm-hmm. possessed before, but they. They didn't. They would only. They would multiply. Yeah. They wouldn't. It wouldn't jump. Right. Yeah. And, and this is jumping. And so, you know, uh, you have this. You have this alien that's jumping from body to body. It's wreaking havoc in Los Angeles. And I think Next Generation might have did it before this. No, I don't think so. I think so. All right. Well, we'll, <laughs> that, we'll have to look that up, or somebody can look it up for us and eat, and let us know. Um, At but video vampires hashtag shut the fuck up, you fuckers. That <laughs> obviously happened in the hidden forest. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so. Uh, this L.A. cop, you know, like the best cop in L.A. apparently, uh, played by Michael Norrie, gets partnered up with this quirky, you know, pre-Cooper FBI agent. Straight-laced. Uh, Straight-laced, but also very odd, Kyle MacLachlan. And they, they kind of... Erotic. There's nothing erotic about it, but they kind of form you this don't weird... don't think he's got sexy lips? They form this weird... You stop! You're just trying to throw me off. Now. <laughs> um, well, he's he's thinking about sexy lips. He's thinking about Kyle MacLachlan's <laughs> sexy lips. Do you know what though? The Kyle MacLachlan's lips were like always sort of had this sheen over them. Like it's really so, nice. I think they do that with gloss. Michael Nori at the end. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it was, but I was focused on his lips. Really, they were kind of sexy. But. Um. So they're basically they. They're, it they're looks like he's completely made out of silicone. <laughs> yes, he looks like an android, which is also kind of scary to me. Because that point um, where the little girl, he's in the room and they're just staring at each other and she's like, what the fuck? Like, I know. Well, yeah, because she knows something's wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's just staring at her with this, like, weird, it looks like a rubber face, but it's him. <laughs> it's weird. It's an uncanny valley, uncanny valley effect where it's like, he's trying to look so human. It makes. I get look. it, guys. You wanted me to, you wanted to watch the, the high definition version of The Hidden, but we watched it on VHS. No, I just want you to say that he's got sexy lips. Okay. So they form. Wait, this- okay, what? What? But you want me to? I'm not talking about Kyle MacLachlan's sexy lips. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'll take okay. it. Anyway, anyway, they form this like kind of unlikely buddy cop duo, um, and they go after this alien that's hopping. from They body gotta body. stop this killer if they don't kill each other first. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you're. you're but but it, it's like this movie is such a great like snapshot of the what I remember of the '80s. You know, like the music. Yeah. Um. You know. Like the the um, 
I mean, it's, it's got like everything from those eighty. I mean, there's there's elements of the Terminator in here, you know. Yeah, that cop scene. Yeah. With the like, I don't know, but him driving the car and all those cops. Sure. Are, yeah. Like. Sure. Um, and then like you, I mean, at one point, I think you point out Lynn Shay was in the movie. Lynn yeah. Shay was uh, uh, Bob Shay's sister. Bob Shay being the head of New Line Cinema, which produced this movie, um, and his sister would show up in a lot of New Line Cinema films, and like you could argue that it was nepotism, but. She's actually really good, mm-hmm. you know. Like whenever she shows up, and like no problem a, with nepotism if she's good. She is yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, she you got I mean, a problem I, with nepotism when they're not good. I just rewatch Critters, and she shows up in Critters. She shows yeah. up in Nightmare on Street One. Kingpin. She, she I love her. She does show up in Kingpin. She's great. She's great. Um, but like, so Jack Shoulder directed this movie, and you know, he where he was coming from, he started off as an editor. Uh, with New Line when they were just taking like foreign films and art house films and you know distributing them in college campuses that's the Street Fighter the one that we watched uh, the with Sonny John, Chiba one. Oh yeah yeah not with Jean-Claude Van Damme so good movie. with Sonny Chiba yeah, uh, Jack Shoulder edited I think the American version of that movie and um, and then he went on to do Alone in the Dark in 82 when that has Donald Pleasance Martin Landau uh Jack Palance. Get to the good stuff. Yeah. Then his movie after uh, Alone in the Dark, and this is what Steve wants me to get to, is he, I think it was 85 or 86, he did his Nightmare on Street 2, uh-huh. which... Uh, it's a masterpiece. It is. Nightmare on Street 2 is fantastic. As a Nightmare on Street sequel, maybe Doesn't not. Doesn't matter. A but as a movie itself... Landmark and queer did cinema. What, that's did, just did wonderful. Did Wes Craven do yeah. 2 or no? No. He had he, already sold it by then. He didn't... Well, that's the thing he didn't sell it, is that like he was trying to make Nightmare on Street 1. He was... You know, shopping around the studios, nobody wanted to take a chance on it. Bob Shea, New Line yeah. Cinema, was like, "We'll do it," but he wanted. It has to be about the awakening of a young no, sexuality no. <laughs> and realizing that no, he's different. we're talking about the first one, and we're saying so, and like, that the world the around man. him causes him to self destruct when he can't accept what he is. He's talking <laughs> about Nightmare on Street too. It's, um, it is hot as an oven in here. Wait, My God, did, it is hot as an Craven oven. Did Craven do two or not? No. He yeah, did, he didn't. He did, first, he did Nightmare on Street 1. Yeah, and then that's it. And then, no, and then he, him and uh, Bruce Wagner wrote the story for Nightmare on Street 3, but Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell wrote, ended up writing it, and Chuck Russell did Nightmare on Street 3, and then Wes Craven came back for... Back to Nightmare on Street 2 with super stud Robert Wrestler. And Mark Patton. God, it is so good. God, it is hot as an oven in it here. It is. Like, I think it's... I... It's it's a real shame that it didn't get its due. Because I thought it was well, so I think good. I, I, and it's a shame because if they'd just been able to push it a little bit farther and just have him actually come out as gay in the movie, I think it would have changed it. But the thing is, I don't think... They, they, a, that wasn't their intention. And B, uh, that movie did do really well. I think the reason why it gets a lot of flack is because as a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel, it doesn't... It's... It, I love Nightmare on Street 2. I think it cuts the mustard. Okay. But mm-hmm. it's not a Nightmare on Street... It, it, especially when you see Nightmare on Street 3, you go, oh yeah, this is what the sequel is supposed to be like. But still, it's a success. So Jack Shoulder goes from Nightmare on Street 2 to The Hidden, which is I, I think is, is such a, it's such a classic 80s movie. And Clue Gallagher from Nightmare on Street 2 shows up in The Hidden. Playing the same character. He's not playing the same. He's playing the same character. He's he's given Mark her, he's renounced his son and he's moved to Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles, no matter what. Oh my god! It's always in LA. He just during the day yeah. when he's not dealing with his crazy son and his weird, you know, I'm not sure what he's doing up there. He's a cop. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a, anyway. a down to earth cop with a gay son. Yeah. He's just trying to make it work. 
But I mean, there's, there, I mean, the thing with Jack, I guess the bummer is that like you know Jack Shoulder, at least when he was with New Line, did some really great stuff. Alone in the Dark is fantastic. Elm Street Two is fantastic. But Hidden is awesome. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's I a really super clean. yeah. Super it's like clean. there's nothing in it that I really didn't like. No, I mean there it's it, and and the moments where you're like Jesus Christ, this is hokey. Guess what? But there it knows it's being hokey. It's yeah, like, you know what I mean. It, it's completely intentional. You know, I think my only complaint is there is a big reveal in that movie that isn't really a, a shock by the time we find out. But who cares? Oh yeah, but I yeah. What's hokey about the hidden? That's a good question. I don't really think... Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know. I, I think, you said there was something hokey, and I was like, what's I, hokey? I think, you know, there's definitely... Uh, okay, you, there's definitely a hokey part in that movie, and that's... And Jess called... I mean, it's so hokey that Jess even called it out while we were watching. She's like, what asshole brings their dog <laughs> to a crime scene? And you know what? And there's a reason why you have to have, you have, to have him bring the dog to the crime that is hokey, yeah. but it works. It's fun. It, it does. It, it knows it's even doing Even though I, I kind of was like, really, man? Like, but, you, but, fucking... but then you left, and I think that yeah. was the intention. Well, he, was, like he, he yeah. was in his jogging gear. I think the lieutenant was out for a jog, got a call on his car phone, which existed. No, he didn't. Uh, it also and, was... and, then he, and he's like, I can't take my dog home. I gotta go figure See, out this I, gunfight. I also like, really don't like cops, so it was like, oh, this fucking guy... Comes, oh yeah, brings his dog. Brings his dog. Uh, to take a shit on the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter, huh? Well, Attica, Attica. <laughs> but I, you know, I did. It still was like, okay, I, I obviously I think know. I would like to point out though that a weird slug cock alien. I guess yes, if it is a it cock did. alien, you guys didn't notice that. I was like, that is a penis. Maybe that's why. It was like, maybe because none of us want to admit that our penises are slugs. Yeah, but like, well, <laughs> I mean, they are. But I, that the idea that 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 this creature is heterosexual, <laughs> I thought was kind of funny. Like, so when he becomes a woman, he's like he completely sexualizes her, and he, yeah, like, immediately. I, I'm yeah. even describing it. He grabs her own boobs. Yeah, like yeah. this whole idea where but, it's like this idea, like this. It loves fast cars. Rock music and sweet babes. Yeah. But, oh, you know, the scene where it's driving around and it watches one guy in a nice car pick up another woman, so it tries doing the same thing, is fucking great. And uh, But you just mentioned earlier, like, there's a lot of, like, there's also a sense of homoeroticism in the Yeah. Movie. You know, like the the, the, the the hospital scene in the very beginning when it's switching from one body to another, you know? I mean, that there's a little homoeroticism. And also, Michael, uh, Maury? Nori? Nori. Uh, Nori, like... After he's been shot, he's at home in bed, and he's just got one hand behind his head, and he's thinking. But yeah. if you didn't realize that he was thinking, you would just be staring at a beautiful man with yeah, his shirt with like, off, yeah, just, lounging, mm. just like a Tom of Finland. <laughs> a pencil no, chain. you know you Yeah, singular, too, because the first shot in his bed, he was with his wife. And that one was weird, too, because... Because you know he's thinking of Kyle McLaughlin <laughs> the whole time. Yes, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and plus... Kyle McLaughlin, especially at that age, had this really androgynous kind of face. Like he is He's a handsome guy, kind of beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so oh, I don't he know. has a perfect face. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not he just is, like he's actually a perfect specimen. Yeah, a perfect of specimen. It's like he looks like a doll. Yeah, he does, and that that also added to the. I, I think also the wife is short hair. You only see her wearing like. Oh right! Now so, you guys are no, reading way too much. She's a sexless character. And this was in Hollywood, where like there yeah. was. No, there's like no gay characters that weren't demonized anyway. Uh, Error. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like the two guys that the one of the guys that's gonna pick her up, the Lamborghini dude. Yeah. Like when you first see them, I was like, 
those are supposed to be two gay guys, right? Like, because there's with his, like, his, his fat little buddy, and, like, obviously they're a couple, but then it's like, wait a minute, no, he's into her. And the only woman that's really sexualized is the stripper. Yeah. Even then. And that is so extravagant, like, almost to the point of her being uh, a drag queen. Okay. I mean, I'm really definitely just, reading into it. But yeah, like, just like if we're gonna delve, she lit deep the fuse. This. It was pretty, yeah. Yeah. It's a, let's a, pick this apart. It's a gay man's fantasy of what a straight man's idea. Yeah, of, I think that's of a perfect. Action is. I and think that's hits. perfect. It hits. Like it's like yeah. As a ten year old, I would fucking love this movie. That's a super sexy babe. That's an yeah. amazing car chase. That guy in a wheelchair did get hit by a car. Yeah, that okay. was that's that great. Yeah. yeah, and like and like, that's even like that some stuff like that in the movie. It's like. It's hard not to like laugh or cheer when something like that happens because it's so yeah. ridiculous, yeah. and it knows it's being ridiculous. You know, and I think that's what's great about this movie is Do you that you think it did at the time. Yeah, I thought it like you don't think it was just trying to be over the top. No, or I think to be I think super extreme. I think it straddles that perfect line between being ridiculous and being sincere. You know, where like you know you have a scene where he fucking plows through a fucking guy in a wheelchair, and you see the or or those guys carrying the glass fucking sheet across the. The way he hits those, and for a split second, it looks like he's gonna break. Okay, well, that's what I was hoping. Or he tries to go around it and hit it. You have those scenes, and then you have the scene where, spoiler alert, one of the uh, Michael Nori gets shot. Yeah. And Kyle McLaughlin brushes over to him, and he's like completely bereft about it. He holds his hand. And he holds his hand. And like, and you buy that moment just as much as you buy the dude from Hank Jennings from Twin Peaks plowing through people. It's fucking hilarious here. And it's really, like, sincere here, you know? like Yeah. Well, also, I think uh, the strongest relationships in the aren't just uh, um, Kyle McLaughlin and Michael Nori. I think the strongest relationships are the cops and the bullpen. Like, sure. they sort of, like, yeah. like, they work together. You get this idea that they're a community. He When he asks, what are you doing tonight for dinner? And Sanchez is like, oh, I'm going out, yeah. girls. And he's like, not you, Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. Kyle McLaughlin's character. <laughs> But I think that they're sort of, that is sort of lighthearted, but then once they start getting picked off, yeah. like, these guys give a shit about each other. Oh, yeah. So no. it's, like, it's ridiculous because you have this weird Terminator character who's not Arnold, but you have these people that you, that have relationships that are yeah. I, I think I think the best part about what, I think the reason why it is so ridiculous, and I think it's also what makes it great, is, like, the Terminator has a point. Like, he's got a reason why he's gunning down everybody. This this alien in The Hidden is only killing people because it loves metal, it loves <laughs> to steal shit, and if something gets in the way, it kills it. That is its yeah. only purpose, and that is perfect. That's why it's ridiculous, is because the motivation for this, this creature is... Non-existent. Yeah. Who cares though? He just wants to get down. He just yeah. Is the demon actually, or a slug, or alien penis slug, penis alien demon slug is a, uh, is kind of cool. Yeah. Besides, like all the murder, <laughs> like be yeah, like it's... all right, and like weird rapey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I guess you could say it's a, it's it's, it's very sexually rapey. assaulting each person that it takes over <laughs> yeah. their body. The unwelcome yeah, of the cock we, slug. We, we never saw the cock slug or the dick slug go into a man for the first time. For all we know, there's like a deleted scenes where it's like grabbing, it's, it's groping itself. It's like I just like to think that it's just it's so fascinating with the human body, you know, that like any body gets into it just starts to have to like molest. You know, what it. I think would be really cool is a versus movie with the borrower and this and the hidden. No, I don't. I disagree. I disagree. You disagree because you don't like to have fun. No, no, I love to have fun. I think, I think, I think what doesn't like to have fun is the borrower, which I loved. The borrower is the hidden mixed with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. 
So we watched the bar on my birthday. It's it's yeah. it is basically the hidden. But it's directed by John McNaughton, the guy who did Henry the Portrait of the Serial Killer, and it has the same, yeah, it has the same dark, like, it takes all the fun that you have in The Hidden and replace it with just, like, all the the kind of dirt. Every once in a while, imagine Henry's hands turn into, like, pincher claws on an insect, and he (laughs) chops someone's head off. And you're like, oh, shit, and it's like, the subplot, the B-plot is actually this really dark and disturbing, like, Ray Donchon, like, as a cop chasing down this, like, serial rapist, and it's like... At least the hidden knows where it's like, hey, we're just gonna have fun. Whereas the borrower's like, we're just gonna get make you feel as gross as possible. Love the borrower, but I would not want to see a mashup because it's not a mashup; it's a versus film. Ugh. Well, anyway, I think we we've we've gone way over our time as far as we what we usually do. I know, but this was a fun one. Yeah, this was a fun one. Thank and you very uh, much for having. I want to thank yeah. you, Steve, for coming and... Oh, uh, not to take responsibility yeah. for it. It's like, well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. <laughs> uh, thank you for letting me be a part of it. No. I had a lot of fun. No, I'm glad, cool. that, I'm glad that you were here and I'm glad that uh, I'm really excited for August 18th and uh, I'm also glad that we got to watch The Hidden, which is you know That's one great. of my favorites and I know we've watched it before and I'm glad you got to see it yeah. for the first time. So, uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram, like us on Facebook, Facebook, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, and, uh, SoundCloud, too. Yeah, SoundCloud, too. Rate and review on iTunes. Rate and review on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, or on Facebook. We've oh. been getting reviews. So yeah. That's cool. Have we? Yeah. We have all five-star reviews. Boom. <laughs> Yo, we're pretty tight. <laughs> Eat that, This American Life. <laughs> Ira ass. (laughs) All right. Just kidding. I love this American. (laughs) He's got power. Um, Good night. Goodbye. Uh, Have fun. And we will see you on episode six. Bye. Bye. Sweet nightmare. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. Thank you. Bye. Very fine, very honest gentleman. Something strange is happening to some ordinary people. Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. What do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, it sure to help him. I've worked homicide for 13 years. I have never seen anything like this. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some sold-out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people? We talking spacemen here? Something gets in his way, he kills it. Finds a body, gets inside, uses it to move around. Try for one on the tire. Do you think this is easy? Why don't you try it? Bye. I guess a career in the police didn't really prepare you for this, did it? The Hidden. You think it's over now. You're wrong.